0: Or wait, maybe I should have introduced myself a little bit. (laughs) All right. Yeah. uh, Why don't you start? Yeah. Just have a little chat before I was thinking. Oh. If that's okay. Hang on. we Are we recording? We are
1: recording. We are. So, yeah, yeah, we're here with, uh, I've done a little interacting with Martin on uh, Discord here and there, and you're on there. Your handle is, uh, is it pronounced Sarment, or how do you say it?
0: Sarment. it's actually just my name and the first letter of my last name but scrambled together Mm. oh I (laughs) see it's yeah okay Nothing more creative than that
1: all right well nice and so we had interacted a little bit and just talked about having a conversation to potentially throw out to Randos of um, just him telling kind of his general story just broadly of what brought him to kind of the how he got associated with Paul Vanderclay if that was through Jordan Peterson and then kind of just your general background and experience with religion because yeah. i'm assuming i'm assuming like most people you had some familiarity or contact with Jordan Peterson yeah and then yeah. that somehow For led sure. into, and sure. that led into Paul Vanderclay yeah and that's probably because you're christian or religious of some sense some sort mm-hmm. and so you want to just tell us kind of how whatever comes to mind of how that all happened?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I have like I mentioned before a uh, conversion story before this, but uh, we can see if we get to that. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, depending on how the conversation is going, but sure. uh, no, uh, it's nothing so special. But I was kind of fallen away uh, actually. Um yeah I, I has had been a Christian and uh I had quite some ups and downs in life actually um and uh yeah uh, it's maybe a little embarrassing to say but like I I was kind of uh addicted to porn I guess yeah. a little so it was many things but uh, i was maybe just bored and i n- don't know so uh but uh, after a while i i got uh, yeah i've been sick as as i said for a long time like i can say like it have been 10 years mm-hmm. uh, without uh, being in the workforce so it's been uh, there's a psychological component of course to it and uh, that's my doctor says it's like only that but mm-hmm. like um, I have very hurting my back as well
2: mm-hmm.
0: so it's like uh, yeah but uh, anyway but I I was kind of starting picking myself up together because I was feeling so bad anyway I was kind of crying to god like if you want, like, I want to follow you, like, I was having a lot of, like, uh, seizures, actually, almost, I was down at the emergency, like, feeling really sick, Uh, very, very sick. panic attacks? Yeah, I guess, and uh, it was just awful, I've, like, I played a lot of, like, World of Warcraft too, (laughs) Uh, in that period that I was kind of falling away. And uh, like that was, um, yeah, like, and I can backtrack even a little bit more. I've been actually to a Bible school before that again, but it was kind of a little bad experience because um, uh, I, It didn't click with me entirely like it's I was kind of really like newborn and I was like expecting to save the world or something like that and it was many people that had grown up in Christian homes and they it it, I just kind of got disillusioned a little bit like it wasn't what I expected yeah so I had a really bad reaction after that. And that like was after I quit there, that was the last time I had a job like before that. Yeah. I can uh, tell maybe like, yeah, I've, um, and I have, I've been through like all the school system in Norway. So I have like high school done. And after that, I did uh, like three years with on the university with like maths and physics. Uh, and I have, uh, like a bachelor degrees in, uh, pure maths actually. So like, um, and I was thinking about doing a masters, uh, but, uh, uh, there's a lot of detail here, but I'm like thinking what I can, uh, what I can skip.
1: So, if I may just ask some questions to get, yeah. so that I understand the timeline better. Yeah. Um, you were, so, were you raised in a Christian home? Like, are your parents Christian?
0: Yeah, my mom is Christian. Uh, she, uh, but my dad is not. So, that has actually all been a conflict in my life mm-hmm. uh, and or family, like, almost uh, my entire life. So this has created a lot of uh, conflicts, actually. So, um, so they don't. So there's
1: not peace between your parents about their personal religious convictions. No,
0: they, no, they, they actually kind of almost broke up. But yeah, uh, we're going to file a divorce. Like in, in Norway, you have like to petition and for a year before you finalize mm-hmm. the divorce. But they didn't pull it huh. through because. Uh, I guess because of the family situation and uh, because they, we have, uh, they bought an apartment for my sister also, so they're like economically tied together. I don't yeah. know, but uh, uh, they're living at separate rooms. So between oh.
1: yeah. Yeah, so that's um, just a quick aside. This is related, I mean, it's related, but is that a standard thing in Norway that anyone who gets a divorce has a year, like
0: kind of... Uh, that- I have no idea. I have never been married or anything right. like that. So uh,
1: well I didn't know. That was just interesting. If that was like the common practice, yeah. that would be an interesting thing. So well yeah. so that's I tough. A, I have a quick question. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Um
3: did do you, um as you were growing up, um mm. was your mom did she regularly attend church and did she take you with her?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh she went uh she like my She, when I was about 10, she came through like uh, tele-evangelism and Mm -hmm. on the radio started to get. And then she uh, heard one day, like a guy that was starting a new um, church. And he said like, why don't you come with it? And then Mm. she first came there. And uh, that's actually the church we have stayed to until this day. Kind of, it's a very small Pentecostal church. Um, yeah, so you've been a
1: part of that church though for a long yeah, time, yeah.
0: But, but like, again, they have like, um, they have uh, very long meetings, so it was not so easy to take <laughs> a 10 year old child to like, it could actually maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating, but like it could be five hours tops in like the most extreme just singing uh,
1: and praying yeah yeah
0: yeah Uh, but of course it's like it's kind of seasonal so if they have a lot of uh, going on maybe it's maybe two hours today it's more like two two and a half maybe
1: wow so is that a common what would you say is the what is the most common uh, Christian religious practice in Norway? Like, where does Pentecostalism fit into the broader Norway religious landscape? Uh,
0: no, it's pretty big, I would say. Like, it's definitely there on the market of uh, churches, yes. uh, yeah. I think. But, uh, um, but like the Lutheran is like the state church. Okay. So that's like the, or we just call it the people's church. Mm. So it's kind of that's where like, uh, and there's not so much debate actually about that church. Like it's 70% of Norway are a part of that church. Okay. So uh, they have kind of like, there's not so much theological debate around like Lutheranism or this and that. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just like, this is what. Uh, uh, our fathers uh, gave us you know like this yeah. is our heritage so that's just how it is
1: uh, right so so then if you were gonna give just so i get your time frame i just hmm. visualize it if you had to put ages on when you were going to church with your mom like what period was that when did you kind of fall away Mm. And then when did you have kind of a conversion and a going back to church? Like, what were the ages?
0: Yeah, I can start with, like, I'm 35 now. Yeah. So that, yeah. Uh, I forgot to say that in the beginning. Um, No, uh, I was uh, at church maybe with mom. She had, like, this push. I didn't attend regularly. And it wasn't, like, there was no... Uh, children's group, so I never mm-hmm. kind of get got connected in a subcultural christian uh group. I have never had any Christian friends, and that's not so okay. normal to talk about actually in norway so uh, mm. uh, so I have a normal secular upbringing and like public schools is very normal in Norway. And, uh, yeah, I just did like every other kid did. Um, I was at church, maybe mom took me now and then when she felt I, she, she needed me to get there or,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: maybe in the age between 10 and 14, I would say. And, okay. um uh, then I fell away, and I like I did like uh, normal kids in Norway would do, like uh, I played football or soccer, I guess that's what you call it, mm-hmm. and uh, I uh, played there. yeah, of course, a lot of computer games, EverQuest was before World of Warcraft came, mm-hmm. if you heard of that. <laughs> I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah did you play or
3: i did not but i uh, i heard i had some friends who played for days at a
0: time <laughs> yeah. that was i was more fun. of a i
1: was more of a king's quest kind of a guy i remember okay. king's yeah. quest never,
0: yeah. <laughs> never
3: heard of it. okay yeah. but the... oh sorry i'm hijacking no no, no, no <laughs> i
1: was about to go down the no road, no no
0: that's fine no all the old played. sierra game so then
1: so that was <laughs> So you went. So you were at church. You would say your your time at church, besides the broader Lutheran culture in this yeah. Pentecostal church with your mom, was ten to fourteen. Yeah. And then you were just doing kind of regular kid, high school stuff, video games, yeah. soccer. Yeah. Um, and then, at some point, I'm guessing you had a, you mentioned a conversion experience. Yeah.
0: Because uh, I like I did um, I did uh, uh, right after uni. I did the uh, university. Like uh, I said, in maths, um, in yeah, yeah. pure maths, actually, <laughs> kind of a big deal for me. I enjoyed that very much. I got yeah. uh, a lot of good friends there. But uh, after about three, three years, I really wanted to break up and do something um, new. Uh, see the world, or we were joking, like to find yourself or, you know, find yourself in the traveling, yeah. So, uh, uh, because I realized like um, taking a master's that then my life would be pretty much locked in. Uh, Then I would probably have to continue and apply for a job and then it would not be so easy to travel. And I kind of felt like this was my opportunity Mm. to do something different and um, i was actually jotting down like i tried to have like my witness in uh, a google document like so i have it all typed out and mm. it kind of reminded me uh sadly a little about like the prodigal son in luke uh, 15 mm. like he brought he sure. <laughs> he wanted his his inheritance to to see the world, like I kind of felt a little convicted. Like now, just a week ago, I was jotty. <laughs> but anyway, mm. I went. I went with a friend. We earned money for half a year, and then we went to Russia and took the Trans Siberian rail route to through China, and mm. down uh, there, and down to the Laos, Cambodia, and. Uh, island where a three months uh trip wow uh, uh, and it was on this trip i kind of had a conversion experience
1: interesting um uh, uh,
0: so i actually kind of i have written down kind of uh everything here um because um, uh, if I get like the document, maybe it's uh, a little easier to uh, follow my thoughts. But do you have any questions so far? No.
1: I'm just interested to hear how the conversion experience happened on that trip. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's what's in my mind right. But I don't know, Jeff. If you have anything else before that,
3: yeah, I, I want to get to that as quick as we can. Just a point of clarification: um, Who were you on the trip with again? Was it people f- yeah. you had been in church with, or did that? Were they no, not- no, no,
0: no. That not not connected to church at all. Okay, just so my friends, like I gone to high school with. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I, I don't have any Christian friends.
2: Mm. I
0: don't have any. I, I, yeah, I'm, uh, let's go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And yeah, a part of the story also is like, I had been thinking in that period where I was breaking up and were planning to go to the trip, I had been thinking a lot about Jesus and Christianity. Um, uh, actually, and I, uh, I, uh, let's find it where it says, there. Uh, yeah, I was almost entirely certain that Christianity was true, but I didn't really know I'm reading now, but I didn't yeah. really know what I should use it for. I decided to be as open and truth seeking as possible at this. Yeah. That was kind of I decided. While all this earning money took place, I decided to be at Open the mode. At the same time, uh, in the building next where I studied, they posted a lot of posters, like with invitation to a Christian student union. And they had like uh, this uh, commercial, especially for the science branch uh, of the Christian student union. So I felt like that was perfect for me. As uh, a science branch, like people that were studying science, could have a Christian Union a student fellowship, so that was kind of perfect for me. I thought, like, oh, this I want to go there. But uh, uh, I, but I thought for myself, I was not brave enough to go then. But I decided to wait a year, and it can take that long to get courage because I just felt like I if I went there, I didn't know like what would happen if I got, uh, if I didn't have the right questions to ask, maybe I was so uncertain if I really wanted this to become a Christian. And Mm -hmm. I kind of felt I had to wait to, uh, to, to get uh, my own uh, opinions on uh, the faith before I could. So I decided to wait and after I had earned enough money, we went on a trip to Asia. Russia was the first country, and soon we got to China. Soon after the trip began, our fellowship increased. We met two from Sweden and two from Denmark. After about one month, my travel fellowship wanted to go to the south, to Southeast Asia for a more warm climate. But I didn't feel done with China, and I wanted to travel a little longer in towards the border of Tibet since that was not so far from where we currently was in Lijiang. Uh, Yeah. And then I have here. um, uh, I met a Jewish person, uh, Joined me further toward like the border of Tibet. I think I never really had spoken only with a Jewish person. I think today this meeting was from God. I'm just not sure what the meaning was. We arrived in Shangri-La and stayed there for some days before he moved back to the mainland China. I went even further to a city called De Chin, which was uh, 10,000 to 11,000 feet above sea level. There were only me and one other foreigner at the hotel. I was about to go to watch a the glacier there, and went from my hotel down a valley over a bridge uh, over a river. I was just standing on the bridge looking at the water and the mountains. It was a tin river there and a big pointy mountains tops around me everywhere. I was kind of proud that I had taken this journey and followed my heart to go where I myself most wanted. It felt like some sort of pinnacle on my trip and my life so far. I had been saving and working for six, seven months and made new friends at work too. I had family and friends at home that I soon would meet again. I was I was just where I wanted. Suddenly came a strong feeling over me uh, that it had to be God that created all this beautiful nature. Yeah, it might sound a little antithetical, but we have beautiful nature in Norway too. But I think it was an array of feelings and situations that converged on me. Also, the nature and the villages in China is a little more extreme than home. Since I was brought up slightly in the church, I knew how to receive Jesus. I think subconsciously, I understood it was the Holy Spirit that was knocking at my door. And I received Jesus in my heart right there and then and I was filled with such a relief and joy. After this, I started to head south to meet others. No telephone works worked abroad at that time, so it took some time before I found them. I stopped drinking uh, much alcohol, just a little, but enjoyed the rest of the trip. When I came home churchyard as I had planned to earn some money back again. Um, It says there my internet connection is unstable. Mm. Do you hear me still? Yeah, you're fine right now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Yeah. There I came to talk, talking about religion with some of the other employees. And I said I was a Christian. It became a little tense. Yeah. Uh, When school began again, I looked for the Christian Student Union, which I had seen posters of one year prior. I found them. This was very nice. The first meeting had dinners with Taco. I went there every week after this with fellowship, food, and Bible studies, and some prayer. I really enjoyed the social aspect. But I still felt I needed an even stronger relationship with God. I felt almost like an... um, Explosion on the inside <laughs> mm. a little later in the fall, I met some people on a stand from a group uh, called New Generation. They invited me to an alpha course. there, I learned the basics within apologetics for christian Christianity and had fellowship. We had a meal before every session. And after I was with them one time to the Philadelphia Church of Oslo and I started to go to prayer meetings in the chapel in the University of Oslo. I met some more people after a while. I also joined in distribution of a easy language New Testamental campus, which was very, which had testimonies inside. Uh... Yeah, and then I have some uh, images from like I don't know. Like, can I share the screen or something? Or
1: you I think so. You should be able to. I mean, you go down and click share.
0: I can try. Yeah, do you see? Mm-hmm. Yes. So this was where I was on the glacier. Like this was a Buddhist country, so there was a lot of flags mm-hmm. and the. Uh, uh, because they uh, they hang up like these flags. I I think it was a lot of Buddhist inscription on them or something. Uh, like on the way when I was going to the glacier, and here is the glacier. And here's some pictures from like uh, I like this. I took picture exactly where I did the conversion, mm. or I like, or I felt like I was born again, or whatever you call it, or I felt yeah. something happened to me. Yeah. Uh, and I kinda, it came to um, <clears throat> like, uh, like uh, everything. It's kind of felt like everything was right in my life. Kind of like, I felt like at peace with everything. And like then I'll just if my life has been this good and I'm so thankful to God for all this. And it was kind of like, me turning to Jesus more in a time of uh, a good time than in Mm. a crisis. Uh, So that's like people have many different uh, ways they turn to Christ. And this was like in the same village. It was like crazy different uh, climates, uh, variation. It was like snow on the top and somebody had made a snowman. Mm. Uh, Yeah that was some books and because mom gave me like books and uh to read when i was young yeah yeah and here it continues a little bit uh or uh I don't know, do you have any interjections?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I think you should just continue with whatever you want to say from your testimony. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, g- great, okay. Uh, yeah, I can screen share again, I guess uh yeah because i'm kind of adding to like the main testimony is over but i'm kind of wanting to commentate yeah the second to last person i met before i enjoy repented to jesus was the jewish person he had served six years in the army in israel it was when we traveled to shangri-la from Lijiang. he told a lot about israel and that he loved his country he could walk day trips across Israel, and sleep under the open sky. He also said everybody knew everybody in Israel. Possibly his family came originally from the Netherlands with Aliyah. He loved to live in a kibbutz, and he talked very warmly of his platonic love and respect for the female leader of the house. I don't really think he liked me that well, actually. Uh, (laughs) Lul. (laughs) <laughs> because we were so different persons. He was very frank, and I am more shy. But we were sitting on a bus together and couldn't easily separate for the next two, next mm-hmm. two three days. Mm-hmm. In Afterthought, I thought he was just like Nathaniel in the Bible, very frank and straight, but honest and a good person I learned a lot from. And then I mm. have, like, the verses from the Bible here, like... Uh, I can read them as well, I guess. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, Philip said. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So that's Mm. very nice. (laughs) So. (laughs) The reason I wrote, write about the Jewish person I'm met is because he made an impression on me in one way or another. I think it has a spiritual meaning. Maybe it was a sign from God to send me one of his own people just before I repented. Maybe it was the father himself that reached out his hand to me with a sign to send a non-believing Jewish person to get me to think about God's people and their story with God. And it also encouraged me that it was so full of love, for it country his country god showed me he cares for his own people and he gave them a good home they are special to god since they are his people chosen and loved by him yeah and this is the jewish person uh, my friend in orange, and the girl worked in the hostel it's kind of upside
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: i should have converted the pictures it works yeah and there is his, this guy <laughs> Yeah. And it's soon finished now, just this uh, paragraph. The image below, there's some more images below. The images below is from the place I visited when I went to Cambodia. Yeah. Because I continued after I um, left China and after I repented, I kind of, uh, yeah, I wanted and I found eventually, uh, somebody was looking for help for a secular orphan home. So then I think, oh, maybe I can go there and see if I can help. Uh, maybe a silly or like naive uh, thought, but yeah. In 2008, it was a person from Singapore which received from God. He should go there to start a church. He had taken in three young boys at one of my age. They were orphans. I think. He also learned them some English. He was better in English than the teachers in the schools in the neighborhood. He had some mango trees, which he got some food and earned some money from. At that time, I was strongly in my newfound faith, but not grounded in the word of God. This is actually a point for, I believe, my falling away. Because Mm. I was strong in faith, but I, I actually had like what I believe was a prophetic uh, word that he said. Like uh, when I was at a meeting, uh, and he said, like somebody is like, if you don't get grounded in the Word of God, you then you can. Uh, that's very important. But I don't remember. We had a small prayer meeting before I continued my journey. I was there about five days. I had actually found them by an accident. I was looking for a non-religious orphan center, which I saw on a poster in Laos. But when I came to the bus stop there and asked for direction, a person drove me to this church instead. So I think God's hand was in this too. This church was called Revival Church. So that was the guy from Singapore.
3: <laughs>
0: so, and this was the youngest boy, and uh, two other boys there were Yeah, and there was some girls coming there because he was, like I said, very better in English than like the local school. So they came, he had like a little house and there's me like trying to teach English (laughs) very bad. (laughs) Uh, And there's one of the girls that came, like they came with their homework and I don't know, like he just, there's one of the boys that were living there there's the people there they playing football or something and i think that little in the mi- middle there maybe they had like a monkey on a leash there <laughs> so i don't know why that yeah this is like the city where all the like the guys they were like unemployed or something they were watching television during the daytime and this was like the local like a private school i think that was in the Cambodia, I don't remember anymore. The Yeah, and there is me leaving. I take took a picture kind of... You see, like in there, he called... He, it was his house, he called it Revival Church. So you see up in the left corner, it says like Revival Church. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: he, he was kind of... And there are me and the boys at last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's... Uh, so, um, and there's the bicycle I went to town with to like buy water and stuff. Yeah. And this paragraph is the last. Yeah. Okay. It is actually more to the story afterwards. Much later. I got to know there was some African woman in my mother's congregation. We said just started up a regular Friday all night's prayer. They had prayed, especially for me, precisely in the period I got born again. So that is the real explanation to the story. Nothing mm. happens without prayer. Mm. So that's like the conclusion to my testimony. Oh, uh, nice. So that's pretty much the whole testimony. Like it's some in the beginning I skipped over, but I can post it uh, in the a link.
1: So yeah.
0: If, if we under the text of the YouTube video or something.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So then um, one of the questions that I had is so that you... Um, so 10 to 14, you were at church with your mom, and then you fell away for a while, went to college, did your maths, and then you went on this trip with some high school friends through Russia and all the way down to Southeast Asia, and then into... China and up by here, where you had the conversion experience. But then, within your testimony, you said there was a point where you weren't—you you had this newfound zeal and newfound faith after this conversion experience. But then you fell away again, right? Because you weren't grounded yeah. in the Word. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then there must have been another, another falling away, and then somehow a coming back through Jordan Peterson, Paul. Somehow. Yeah.
0: Like uh, I wouldn't actually call it falling away, like when I was like between fourteen and twenty-two,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which was kind of—I think it was twenty-two or twenty-three. Maybe there I got this born-again experience. But of course, I wasn't living a sin-free life. But uh, I kind of never had. Uh, at that point, I hadn't. Uh, I need some water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at that point I hadn't like decided to be a Christian like consciously so I um... So I wouldn't call that falling away but like after I yeah. did the born again I experience I I was at its alpha course like I said and uh, I was like searching actively out Christian people uh to like i was kind of like set my mind on like no i want to be a christian mm-hmm. like this yeah. i've been waiting all my life to become a christian now is the time and uh, okay. but it was then i went to the bible school like uh one year maybe after i came home uh, from the trip mm-hmm. and uh uh Like uh, that was such a bad experience, so that was kind of dramatic in my life. Uh, that's actually a long story in itself. Mm. But uh, uh I kind of kept the faith. I tried to like tried some fasting actually, and like I really was fighting. Like I didn't have a job, anything. So like I was going through the streets of Oslo just like to get my mind off all like temptations or like I didn't know what uh, (laughs) yeah it's kind of crazy actually but um, uh, uh, and I had like a little period I actually got kind of kicked out from home actually and it was uh, a long story and I like kept that going like um, because like I think like porn has been like the biggest battle in my life actually Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of, it's like uh, alcoholics, like you, when when you are so, so deep in, you kind of like, you're never gonna recover entirely. Mm. Um. So I was kind of just bored. And after a while I was like really fighting. Like I kept it like for three years, maybe. I don't know exactly like where I didn't watch any porn. I didn't masturbate anything. Mm-hmm. And then my grandmother died, and I actually we had like we went there. She lived a hour away, so me and mom. And I actually kind of have a quite good relationship with mom. Nowadays, but then also then. But we have had some um, conflict, but uh, we kind of fine now. Yeah and uh, but she died and I stayed at her house uh, a year before we got to sell it Uh, and uh, then I was just staying there and I was kind of bored and I started to play World of Warcraft again that I hadn't played since I was like 20 before my first born again Mm -hmm. and then I uh, I was kind of bored, so I just guess I started, uh, yeah. And then and then it's continued the, from there. It kind of stabilized my life a little bit. After a while, we sell the house. I came home. I started to play some more World of Warcraft again since I quit kind of World of Warcraft also when I got born again. I don't know if actually it's a sin, mm. but I kind of... I didn't have time for it anyway, because yeah. I was going some to church and I, I was studying something in that uh, period and, uh, or maybe uh, I wasn't actually uh, in a short period after. Uh, yeah, but anyway, it was kind of I. It was in this period I had like all these panic attacks, like I was playing very late one night i was playing through the night like i hadn't uh, uh, a normal uh, cycle day cycle Mm. for sleeping and uh, so i was playing all night and i was uh, like not drinking alcohol because like that's never like i've never been addicted to that but i was drinking like a lot of pepsi Max, Mm. and just candy but i was kind of over the computer all night and i was just having like I felt after I was doing something really, I wanted to do like uh, a challenge or it was not the ride, but it was like a single player uh, thing in World of Warcraft, uh, challenge that I wanted to get like achievement. Mm. Uh, those that have played World of Warcraft, like uh, uh, maybe no.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And... Uh, uh, And I got, like, started to get short of breath. I was, like, I felt I couldn't breathe. And I was uh, just, like, kind of panicking. I went out to the emergency. And I just felt, like, my chest beating. And it was terrible. And I was actually, like, after that, I was bedridden for three months. Wow. And then I kind of uh started playing something again actually when i was feeling a little better but then i had another like almost like a seizure or like total panic or i was like daily many hours a whole week every day of a week down at emergency in oslo huh. and then i was just lying in bed for many months a half a year after that or maybe more and um I was just so sick and they didn't know what was wrong and uh, like the doctors and my like uh, uh, doctor, like everybody in Norway has like their personal doctor, like uh, you really can't like, um, you can choose, but you have like one that is assigned automatically to you and he's kind of just like, no, it's nothing and just... Like, that just made me more freaked out, and this is a long story too, but uh, I was just feeling worse and worse and worse, and uh, it was kind of then I was just like, Jesus, Jesus, like, I want to follow you, but I kind of, at the same time, felt like this isn't working, like, I can't figure out how, with my um, sin and, like, like, uh, everything, and... And this was kind of when I was starting to climb a little bit out, like, um, uh, out of that. And um, I got some short, uh, like, uh, jobs through, like, working in a kitchen through, like, we have a very big uh, public, uh, uh, like, like, they help. It's called NAV, like, in... Arbetsförmedlingen is like uh, work uh, they d- try to distribute uh, unemployed workers to get education or training or like to get uh, uh, like free uh, hiring from uh, employers like they don't pay but like the state yeah. pays and you are free labor mm. and i was getting like more help uh, but, um, uh, yeah, so I started anyway a way to, uh, I watched a video one day uh, about like, uh, actually, like it's been a passion uh, now, like I watched a video, like, uh, like Jew is like a, Uh, curse words in many schools among many children in norway today it was like a documentary about that Mm -hmm. so i was really like interested like uh in this and so that kind of stepped up my commitment to like uh, i got like we have a lot of groups that are kind of speaking for israel and uh, i know that is not the same like, um, necessarily, but uh, like in, but uh, in many cases, uh, anti-Semitism, like anti Zionism is actually, in many cases, uh, the same as anti-Semitism, in my opinion, but uh, like that's, and I, they have like, they're translating a lot of, that's at least my opinion, uh, because I read very much about it, and they are like, I read uh, never mind but uh, they they are translating a lot of books like every half year uh translating books that are relevant for like defending Israel and like I get a lot of perspectives like uh, like Palestinian media watch have like uh, like uh, they are uh, like checking out like what's actually it was a peace process in 2010 and they're like checking out like and have a book full of quotes like what's actually the Palestinian population are being informed about in their national television and in their newspaper and they were like publishing everything in a book. And uh, there was one book about, like, uh, like the Grand Mufti, uh, al hamin Al-Husseini. It's like the Grand Mufti, like the chief uh, Muslim leader during the time. Like, he had a meeting with uh, Hitler and was trying to, mm. um, at least, uh, yeah. It's like a German... Uh, uh, a German uh, uh, writer that actually wrote about uh, a book about this, like uh, a scholar, not a... Uh, uh, not... Um, uh, yeah, Halbmond und Hakencross, like Half Moon and Hakencross, Das Dritten Reis, die Araber und Palestina, Klaus Mikkel Malmann und Martin Kuppers. So like there we have like a very small Jewish community in Norway. Like I think it's like 2000, they say, uh, Jews in Norway. Mm. So like it's but we actually so it's like like I wrote in my testimony, like I I actually never knowingly, like consciously met uh, a Jewish person. So uh, they like the the jewish community is like really like i'm i'm like they are very fighting very strong for like they their right to be norwegians and jewish and they also kind of fighting at least for like the i think there are they want a more balanced view about israel and you know this is also more complicated because Uh, Norway has, like, the peace process, like the Oslo Accord. So this complicates everything because Norway kind of wants to have the political correct opinions. They want to be a neutral observer and, like, but this just doesn't help the situation uh, very much, that we want to be this perfect... uh, uh, have this perfect picture on Uh, and I guess like uh, we are a Lutheran country that maybe like he gets to blame a lot for his anti-Jewish sentiments like I don't know how this plays in like Mm. the church we don't usually like uh, say like uh, talk very much about or i had to think about like how much that is actually affecting the situation but uh, anyway um uh yeah and after that i got like uh, i felt like i had to contribute also so i tried to read a lot and actually just being a social activist warrior on facebook like i tried to talk with people on facebook about israel <laughs> and that is uh very funny sometimes and just <laughs> very yeah so uh, you
1: were uh, you were like a social justice warrior but for like being pro-israel
0: yeah uh and yeah yeah i can like i mentioned in the discord actually like uh like, I don't know that I actually had some uh, Nazi participation in my family also, like back mm. in some side of the family, so I kind of feel like responsible also. Mm, like, sure. I I must be on the right side, uh, or at least in this, uh, the right side of history. <laughs> With, yeah. uh, ben Shapiro usually jokes about, <laughs> jokes about that, but uh, no, I guess it's, find to be on the right side of history everybody's trying
1: to be i think it's just yeah
0: yeah that's a problem
3: everybody thinks they are yeah yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. so yeah but i can try to wrap this up uh i started to debate a little more and then i started to debate (laughs) a little more on the christian norwegian uh like uh like what you call like this debate forum like more like uh, where you can people post uh, like uh, pieces and then you can comment Mm. uh, like on a a Christian no it was uh, a Norwegian Christian newspaper that uh, is their official uh, Mm. debate uh, site okay but uh, but uh, and then I kind of like then there's a lot of Christians. So then I kind of get to talk about Christianity also. Uh, and yeah. And then when I got to talk about Christianity, then when you are debating Christianity, you eventually, it was just at the time where like uh, maybe half a year, a year after Jordan Peterson had released his uh, Bible series. Yeah. And then uh, I, after a while, I watched some of his debates. I think the first I watched was like the Monk debates, where he mm-hmm. and Stephen Fry were discussing like free speech. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I got to the Bible series, and I was very, very impressed by him. And like, I think it was actually the YouTube algorithm that got me to Peter Naipaul Van de Clay. Yeah, and I really liked. Like, I got kind of, I felt like. Uh, <clears throat> piece because he was like he had so much knowledge and he kind of could filter through some of what Jordan Peterson said so it was more yeah. um, digestible for me uh, yeah. and my uh, view and then i think i actually watched him for a year maybe or maybe that's too much mm-hmm. before i uh, and i didn't write anything on his youtube page but uh, it I kind of like felt at rest to listen him and then after a while I really wanted to join the Discord but mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of scared and then I finally managed like you to that I wanted to join and yeah. then I joined and then uh, I didn't uh, write very much like that's maybe just a couple of months ago. Mm. Uh, and I can say maybe I got the best connection, like with Peter from Iceland, and like mm-hmm. uh, Iron Root from the yeah. Netherlands. Like they
2: yeah.
0: have talked uh, a bit about with me on the um, on the voice, on the voice chat. chat. Yeah, so they are maybe yeah. those I get most uh, connection to.
1: And, yeah, they're uh, good, good guys, and they're. Yeah. they're a lot
0: uh so so that's
1: yeah that's interesting it's kind of um it's an interesting just as a quick aside it's interesting to me i'd be interested to know what was common to everyone that youtube's like what did youtube's algorithm pick up on that that linked up paul's video to all these people that were interested in jordan peterson because it's something there's something about people who have i don't know they must they must watch videos that have to do with some aspect of christianity or they must have christian search param you know um just certain keywords in their searching things or in their videos and then somehow associated that with peterson and then they just pop up a pastor comments on jordan peterson yeah. So that was the Paul's big one that blew up. And I think yeah. Paul is kind of like you said, Paul is almost a and I mean we we use this in these communities in a negative way, but Paul was almost a safe space for people with a certain Christian background mm. um to try to discern why am I so attracted to this Jordan Peterson guy?
0: Yeah. Um uh, what I was thinking, uh, like I haven't read upon this, so this is just speculation, but uh, I was thinking like uh, YouTube just basically uh, when a lot of people watch Jordan Peterson uh, and if a lot of those people are watching uh, another video, like then YouTube recommends, like they put me in that category and then they give me like the recommendation for the other videos that a lot of people watch that also are interested and have actually uh, watched in their history of in YouTube, like they have watched you Peterson and like the, it's just like a Venn diagram or something like they, like and then they're just pushing along me, uh, like recommending to me what uh, the other people that are kind of similar in like in my group that I have been identified by the like the Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, I (laughs) guess, somehow like they put the label on me, like I'm this kind of guy that uh, likes uh, conservative or whatever or then they recommend. That's what I'm sure that
1: happens. It's like crowdsourcing. Yeah video recommendations or something based on yeah. similarities but so then um i guess i'm curious i mean that's how you got to paul and some of your background and testimony so then where would you say where are you at right now in regard to your faith and practice and
0: yeah so uh, mm, uh, where i'm at right now is uh, i still have in contact with like this um Church that I've was in since I was ten years old. Yeah. But, um, but I, um, I think it's uh, I get back pain so I don't usually go like on the Sunday. But sometimes, like they have a, a prayer and social gathering. Like we sit at the table with coffee, like on Thursdays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Like I sometimes go there. Like I check by. Uh, like um, yeah, I'm not so mobile. I stay a lot at home, uh, sadly. So mm-hmm. so I try like to practice uh, Christianity the best I can. Uh, By I try to read the Bible. I have a daily devotion commentary on a small uh, portion at least.
2: Mm-hmm. I try
0: to pray. Uh, like I'm Pentecostal. Like uh, I just. Tries to pray in tongues, uh, it's kind of <laughs> embarrassing. Like uh, people say maybe it's just like not real, but like like I uh, I was see Job, he talks about like, how do you pray? It was, I think, or maybe somebody else like, or atle- a lot of people have problems like with how they pray. If so, you're a Pentecostal, you just think about the issue or about something you're thankful for. And then you say, just like, Pura para tarali kaya and then, yeah. <laughs> then you bypass the entire problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, it's just,
1: <laughs> no, I know I, I, uh, I didn't most of my, um, most of my adult Christian church life, apart from my new, into Orthodoxy was in churches that weren't. I don't know. I mean, this is where he gets into all the labels. They wouldn't have described themselves as like hardcore Pentecostals because that's kind of mm. Pentecostalism is. It's probably like a for the gifts of the Spirit. There's probably a spectrum, and you yeah. put Pentecostalism over here, and they they called themselves at the time. I mean, this is all labels, right? But they called themselves um, charismatic. Which now they call themselves continuationists. So, like, they believe mm. the gifts of the spirit continue. Yeah, that's the mm. label they put on it. But, but I think they they try to differentiate themselves from Pentecostals because then you have like the Benny Hinn, Telavanda yeah. being slain in the spirit and yeah, yeah. visions of you know. Not so, th- wh-
0: so that he is popular in Norway or like among this group that are. Like committed Pentecostalism. Like, I think it's uh, when you first are a Pentecostal in Norway, then you have, you don't are not so picky, I guess. Because (laughs) uh, um,
1: when you're a big minority, you can't be super picky.
0: Yeah. So it's like Joel Osteen, it's popular, Benny Hinn, uh, like all God TV personnel. What what she called that female that? Uh, is, oh, Joyce Meyer. Ready. Yeah, Joyce Meyer. Yeah, she's yeah. very popular.
1: All those uh, prosperity gospel.
0: Yeah, yeah, like type but,
1: people. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, uh, so or it has come to a backlash, kinda, mm. in uh, in the recent years, uh, because we also have. Uh, uh, a very big uh, Pentecostal uh, group actually in Norway that uh, we have uh, a lot of Norwegian uh, tele-evangelists in Norway mm-hmm. and they are actually quite like big. They Like they it goes, I don't know how much money, but like they're actually quite big and they have a station that a lot of people actually watch and they are really like they do stuff they was in like the feast of the tabernacles they was down in israel and they put up cameras and they actually was them that sold um, the videos the video production to god tv so they are we have quite like um, looking for the right word like they are um, they are very committed Mm-hmm. like not super big community but like the there are some pentecostalism or whatever you call them like mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this uh they so like the people of norway like there's definitely like christians here like i said uh like we have a bible belt but um so like if you look the right places uh mm. like uh I told you before you definitely find like christian festivals and people talk about uh, on pockets on the internet people talk about christianity but like in the mainstream media it's not talked about other than in a critical way so in like Mm -hmm. like i'm not entirely sure but i would say that we are very secular yeah like, christianity is not uh, respect i imagine it is more respected in america but i'm not sure i uh, like the washington post or like times the new york times they don't talk so positively about the christian faith either right. i guess but uh so maybe that's just a global thing that christianity well, just, in the west
1: yeah there's just pockets i think america is different in that it um I think largely it's very similar to a lot of Europe in that it's post-Christian, but because of, I don't know, because America kind of has this weird social divide because and probably a lot of it has to do with our tie to politics that stems back to like the 80s is that Christianity got a lot of, still has a lot of political, although that's waning. Um mm. Uh, it depends on how much you associate that with trump and that whole phenomenon but um there still is a strong at least uh, at least professional uh you know like ideological christian presence in america but it's i don't know it's interesting and like even pentecostalism there's a i remember i have a as as with most branches of christianity i have a love hate relationship with it cuz i remember there was a um do you remember uh what's his name john oliver he used to be yeah. on the daily think, show
0: yeah i think maybe i think he, like, he had a what's a british or something or not? british yeah. yeah
1: but he has a i'll maybe send it to you on discord or something he had a
0: mm.
1: he had a he's a, he's got an hbo show Now it's like an hour long HBO show, and he did one and he just focuses on kind of like one major topic for the whole show, and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that news comedy thing, like the Daily Show was. Yeah, and uh, he did one on televangelists, which was rough, yeah, you know, just basically how they how some of them have just really fleeced people, and it's kind of like this big scheme just to make money, and they're flying jets, you know, like Creflo Dollar and those types of guys. Um, so there, there is that aspect within Pentecostalism, but then, God, man, alive, it's hard. Like a lot of the lay Pentecostals and even probably preachers and teachers, there's a, there is a, just like a no nonsense zeal and passion and hunger for God. That is, it's pretty unparalleled in a lot of Christian, I mean, at least in a certain that aspect of that tradition is um, beautiful, I think in a lot of ways. Mm. And so, I mean, I understand its appeal, especially in a culture that is, that has kind of the, in Jordan Peterson language, almost like the decaying carcass, the decaying whale of Christianity left of kind of like the Lutheranism that's maybe there, Mm. which is Mm. like still kind of in a Tom Holland way is still Allowing for a lot of this kind of unacknowledged Christian faith to play out in the culture because a lot of these people mm. are still acting Christianly, mm. although they don't use the language and they don't think of themselves that way. But mm. Pentecostalism, I think, is a desire to seek to, Jordan Peterson, to revivify the dead father, you know.
3: Yeah,
1: that's, I think, a lot of a positive way to view it. Um. So I don't know. That's tough. I mean, you're, it's hard. It's always sad for me to hear of, I mean, your physical limitation of getting to church is tough because mm. that the community aspect is just, I guess, and we're yeah. all somewhat isolated now because of coronavirus.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but that's something that really, have you tried? So have you tried physical stuff? I had a buddy who was always just like lower back pain. He's like, do deadlifts.
0: Yeah. No, no. So I joined, Joe is uh, kind of like... Oh, yeah, the, the fitness. Ta- yeah, the Tara Strong. So I yeah, yeah. bought myself, like... Uh, so I've been doing them regularly. I did, like, the level one, they said, like, on the Tara oh. Strong uh-huh. today. Today, actually. Oh, nice. So, so I do it. Uh, tr- it actually helps a little. I feel, like, a little stronger, maybe. no I, When I walk, um, like, I feel like my body is more... Uh, standing uh, like uh, upright <laughs> because yeah. of uh, because of the training yeah. So but i try not like to overdo it so i get right disencouraged. And, no like, absolutely uh, so i tried like to implement like uh, piece by piece
1: no uh, i think that's you, a good idea it, yeah. it's hard yeah you don't want to hurt yourself yeah. like i've even realized that with age because i like to go for runs and I can be kind of a meathead. I'm a little like Joe Rogan. Yep. Where I can go yep. for a run and then if I'm just my body's yeah. hurting, I'm just like I remember when I grew up I used to do sports and I used to wrestle. Um mm. like do wrestling and in our mm. weight room where in my high school it used to say like on the wall it had written something like pain pain is just weakness leaving the body.
4: And yeah. so like
1: and so that <laughs> is like that's that kind of thinking is just ingrained in me, and so now I have to fight against that. I don't know if you can hear that. Sorry, it's yeah. but, um. So I still have that kind of spirit in me, but I have to tell myself like, don't be an idiot. You're gonna hurt yourself, and then yeah. you're not gonna. So, I think yeah. it's smart to take it slow. But that really is I have found in my own personal life that disciplining my body has has really led to mental and psychological and spiritual discipline
0: yeah like i think it's aristotle or something like uh, discipline is freedom or something yeah uh, or uh, maybe i'm quoting wrong
1: well i mean i think that general truth has been a lot of places you know yeah um and so i think that's a that's a good
0: no but that's uh, great but uh i'm just how old are you actually
1: 37
0: okay so we pretty much the same but you are a family father your family father
1: yep so i've been married 15 years got three
0: kids wow
1: um so we are yeah we're in the kind of middle of it my wife and i for the modern world um it's almost because of our going to church i think that it happened and being christian we talk about that a lot because a lot of our friends um for whatever reason either Kind of what what Paul talks about, like the the um, the troubled generational hand handoff or handshake that he talks about, of the difficulty people mm-hmm. have meeting each other nowadays.
4: Yeah,
2: okay. For whatever
1: reason, I think it was probably due to church. Like my wife and I were both in in Christian um, organizations in college. We met at college. Um, mm-hmm. We both knew we were Christians. I mean, I have my own story. I haven't gone into like really depth in any of these talks of testimony stuff in this regard, but, Mm. um, but so there's a lot with that, but we were both Christians and so we got married and then going to church all the time. And so right after college we were married and we had kids pretty soon because we were just like, yeah, you know, why not? And it's kind of like Psalm, you know, the quiver, quiverful. There's a mm. verse in the Proverbs of like children, blessed if you if you have your quiver a quiver full yeah. of them, you know. Okay,
0: and, where does where does that say in the what do you say?
1: I I believe it's in the Psalm or the Proverb. I'm not sure okay. Proverbs. So I'm not sure what verse it is, but um, and so it was kind of just that philosophy, which I think is true. Children are a blessing, you know. However, you want to, they're also a trial, which mm. is kind of the blessing, which is kind mm. of what marriage is. It's kind of what yeah. you know, there's – And so we got we had kids pretty young, you know. Like we we were probably only married, um, I don't know, like uh, less than two years before we had kids. Yeah. And so So, all all our friends are like have newborns and very young children now, and we have older kids. Yeah. So it's kind of a
0: that must be that must be nice because like. I try to, like, what's your oldest, how old is your oldest kid? Twelve. Oh, yeah. Then you start to get, like, uh, companions. Uh... Well, it's different, yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: it's more, yeah, it's more, it, there's definitely a transition that begins to happen and the relationship evolves, um, mm. I think, and it has to. And so it's interesting and, like, I'm very, I mean, obviously on the Discord and watching Jordan, I'm very interested in ideas, as are probably most of us in this mm. community. Yeah, And so as your kids get older, they're more capable of that kind of stuff, you know? Mm. Um, so it's no. nice. It's just, it's all different. It's all a challenge, you know, but it's all, yeah. it's all good too.
0: No, but uh, I I guess at least I want to sum up. Uh, yeah, go I ahead. Don't know, wait, if we go, go, yeah. Um, I want to at least like, I'm very thankful to Paul. Uh, And I wanna like end it on him because uh, he, uh, like Jordan Peterson, is like the super intelligent, like uh, of course, uh, person. But uh, Paul is like been steady going, and like me, not having a lot to do and uh, back pains or whatever troubles me. And he, he just sticks out with those and keep them. Just interesting enough that I keep going one more step, one more day, yeah. one more. Uh, and he's just calm and collected, yeah, of course. Like he meets everybody he interviews, he meets them with respect. Like yeah. Sam uh, was a Unitarian and it, like he's totally not confronting and just respecting. And uh, he's just like, um, I don't know, like, actually. How his life has been? How have he reached this level that he can act in such a manner towards all people? That kind of amazes me. Like that's making me want to become like he is. Like yeah. uh, So I feel like he really setting a high standard to (laughs) to follow. And um, no. uh, it would be really cool to interact more with the ideas. Like I said before, like Calvinism, like it's like, it's totally unknown to me. Mm-hmm. Like I never almost, I know there was a guy that was John Calvin. And, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, to me, um, like I actually have, I think a lot of questions and uh, I think I want to explore it uh, just there because like, I watched Mary's video, Mary Cochran, you know, Mm -hmm. also, and she was uh, in a period Lutheran, I think, uh, before she became Catholic, Mm -hmm. and she said like the Lutherans were like bashing on uh, the Calvinists, uh, actually, yeah, much much more than like they were much more friendly towards uh, the Catholics than to the Calvinist, even though both identify as Protestant. So she found that kind of, I think maybe it's a little bit different in Norway because like we don't uh, need to be so tied up to propositionalism because it's kind of state funded, like whatever they do, they get the payment. They like, it's much more like this is just, church work we do for the people we bury yeah. we marry people like i think it's slightly different but still i think people read a lot of luther I like i feel like like his kind of met- mentality is like the baseline mm. uh, so i feel it's not so much like um uh, like his, like sola scriptura or uh, sola fide or sola gratia or like any propositions he came with, but he kind of came with a style like and a, a hermeneutics. Like he has very interest in Genesis. I know he made commentaries on the Psalms. Yeah, Uh, Like the Galatians is like one of his favorite books uh, and the Romans and Hebrews, I think. So I kind of, I read like when I was young and I wasn't in church, like I still read, uh, like uh, I was kind of spying, like I wanted to see what the Christians wrote about. Like I still think it permeates the Christian community, like Galatians, we hear about it all the time, like uh, it's a very important book. That kind of mm. illustrates, or kind of is the mark on his whole theology almost, and uh, also um, uh, he was a very man that was singing, like he has uh, was gathering people to sing a lot, like uh, he has written a psalm like like god you are such a strong fortress i think mm-hmm. uh, that we have in the church and yeah so i, I think it's not so much he came with um like a, a proposition or he came with proposition also but it's more like he came with the whole package that has affected yeah. the, the norwegian community uh, i think uh, to a large part
1: yeah i think that's a good way to put it probably and luth i, I mean Luther was still you know I mean he was still very catholic you know yeah. I mean, he he's the beginning of this whole protestant thing and so of course he still had a lot of he still had a lot of I think just those native because I mean Catholicism has a lot of beautiful things to it so a lot of those liturgical embodied rhythm kind of like you said total package things that maybe some of protestantism has lost were still present in Luther and So he was just, he was the beginning of that whole phenomenon, but um, mm. well, I agree. So, yeah, I agree. Paul is to end it on Paul. He's a, a beautiful, the way that I've said it a lot is I think Paul is a really beautiful combination of uh, both masculine and feminine ways of communicating. Mm. He, he's very good at, Studying and and knowledge and searching these things out and narrowing and figuring things out and talking about ideas, but yet also even in his dialogues and his conversations with people, he's like you were saying, he's very open and he's Mm. very he's very non judgmental and he's very he very much creates a space for people to speak what they really think. I mean, even your even your Nathaniel quote Mm. in your testimony, like. Hmm. Jesus I've always heard that verse well I've heard different ways of people talking about that verse that like Jesus was being sarcastic when he said that oh here is someone without guile or here is someone without deceit hmm. but but Jesus I think also could have very earnestly been like somebody who just says what they really think yeah awesome yeah, yeah. you know fine doesn't mean I agree with you but, yeah. <laughs> but you know and we can talk yeah, a, about that and I think yeah. Paul I think Paul really allows a space for people to do that because that's something personally, that's my opinion on why so many people are drawn to Paul is that I think he is a lot, he's created, he has created an opportunity for people to say what I think they've been wanting to say, but haven't been able to find opportunity to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I was thinking I wanted uh, also a conversation with Paul, but I was like, no, I feel like I, I really wanted uh, to to like uh, go around because I feel like he has enough on his schedule and he wouldn't. Lo-. So I'm very thankful for you to yeah. be here and take. I know you have a lot of going for your own, and now I'm kind of, like, taking your time to, t- to push my, like... Uh, side of the story so i i I don't think i put out any agenda other than my story today but uh, i'm very thankful that you like you and jeff and all like the pillars like you're like you're really helping out us us uh love uh, people
1: (laughs) (laughs) well he's uh, i love talking to people and so does jeff Yeah. yeah it's just a matter of finding time and you know i mean yeah
0: It's a silver
1: uh, lining with COVID, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I I totally respect it. And I think you're just uh, like smashing it with all your uh, interviews you've done lately, like or dialogues, like with Trip. And you're hitting a lot of, I like, I have a lot of actually questions, or maybe I took, uh, tried to take some notes on just that video that uh, I kind of maybe. Wonder about. I can. I don't have have time. Do you have time? We can take an hour. We can take another time. Well, let's.
1: we'll maybe let's. We'll try to figure out another time to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to annoy my wife by being on the. Yeah. But um, we. I would love because that's. People. Whenever people, I encourage people. If someone watches this or you, like just making comments in the videos or on the Discord or whatever, because I think that. I really do think this is how language should work is that people put out ideas and other people come in with their ideas and then we yeah because nobody really knows like even my idea if the videos you were watching recently if it's technological babble like that Mm. idea like i was telling michael has been something that has been rattling around in my brain which i think also like the the similar idea that i'm learning to articulate he's been Mm. thinking about for a long time yeah and so like as we Learn to articulate this and work at it together, and this is what happens in the whole, like intellectual dark web. Yeah. What Paul Vanderclay is doing when he works through videos, yeah, working these things out out loud. So, if you have no, thoughts, good. I'd love to hear them. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, but I, i probably gonna put them in Discord. I think so that I can like get uh, them a little away from, uh, or maybe I, I think about it, but they, I'll definitely have. But uh, like a part of it is also we have to be able to formulate, and that's not so easy for me to like. It's easier maybe to talk with uh, you and um, yeah. Like I wanted to, um, I wanted to have maybe a talk like with uh, Peter also or uh, Iron Root because like yeah. they were kind of like the first I met, so I kind of consider them. I wanted to have a talk with them, but like I think they are maybe peter is interested uh, but uh, i think i like iron root is not so interested in christianity actually i think he's well, more he's... like into into like uh john burwakey or uh, or even brett weinstein and all that huh. sam, sam harris maybe
1: i don't know he, that he, about he, iron he root. Defen- yeah you guys should you should just have yeah. a video with like you and peter and iron root if he wants to yeah. and I'm sure Jeff would love to make, make a killer thumbnail. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and throw it up on the randos channel.
0: Yeah. No, he, he is a very intelligent and uh, iron root that is, and he has yeah. a lot of comments, but he just hasn't grown up in a Christian background, so he doesn't have the right. the, the the words. Or and that's so.
1: That's what's so funny about this, because like I haven't spoken to Iron Root probably as much as you have, yeah. but I've spoken to him a little in voice chats and things, mm-hmm. or even like, and and it's so I don't know. This is this is probably why people some people find me annoying, but I talk to someone like Iron Root, and and I'm just like, I don't. I think we believe the same thing. I just use yeah. different words. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean it's just yeah. it, it, and i don't know what that is maybe that's just me like finding i t- i don't know well i, don't I know what
3: you know i iron root's not here but i i can speak for my understanding of his perspective and he can correct this if he listens to it um i think christianity or really any religion is too small of a frame for what it is that we're trying to talk about and it's almost too limiting like there is there's is a frame beyond yeah. but iron Root is really into agape he thinks that that's yeah one of the deepest levels of truth if not the mm. deepest level of how to conduct yourself in in life
1: love well see that's christianity as an ideology is too narrow yeah and that's and that's I, why to me it's universal i mean it's got to be
0: yeah hmm Sorry to no. derail you. No, no, no. This—it's uh, a—it uh, was me that derailed you. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh,
1: well, Jeff, we had a—I think we were gonna close it out. We ended on how great Paul was. I think you missed that.
3: Yeah, I missed you everything. Ha- well, I didn't miss everything. No, I got to hear uh, your entire story yeah. of, of traveling the world.
0: That sounds yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, um,
1: hmm. Oh well, my son. It is was it was, it was
0: it was great, but it was also like I said, kinda in afterthought. I've seen it line a, a bit too much up with like Luke fifteen and the uh, and the Prodigal Son. So yeah. We had to prevent his kids from getting on this video. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I had to move it. I don't. I tell them they're confused. I think because I don't want them on to ever be on the internet yet. Really. <laughs> And they're just like, why? You're on the internet all the time. And I'm like, I'm an yeah. adult and I've made that decision. So
3: mm-hmm. I think Paul Paul is right, and I don't know why I don't listen to this um wisdom. The uh, YouTube is a place for people with nothing to lose. And I, I don't I don't take heed of that enough.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, do you have anything to lose or uh no no comment <laughs> <laughs> a career or friends? I don't know. Like yeah, that's actually a, a problem. But um, uh, but for some, I I totally respect that. But uh, that's why we should have more like. Uh, and no, that was uh, no. Um, I didn't have a point. I found out.
1: Well, some of it no. Some of it's hard because some people do have. Sometimes people have things to lose professionally, which I get mm. if they speak out about what they really think yeah um some people have things to lose relationally if mm. they speak out with what they really think, or if they give certain specifics of their testimony, mm. it yeah. could hurt people um Sam's a good example of that, like there's a lot of people if, if I think a lot of Sam's conversations, even though I think he's being faithful to the tradition he was raised, got out there, there are people probably in his intimate and personal life that would be troubled or hurt by the things that he's saying, you know, it's just, and that's, that's what I think more than anything, this community is. And this is what I was saying. Why that verse that you brought up with Nathaniel is so great. I love it. It's Mm. just, and I was going to say recently I watched, but Nathaniel you know like here here is someone without guile here is someone in whom there is no deceit mm. somebody who's really saying what they think and jordan peterson there was a video this came up recently in my algorithm every every once in a while his old videos will come up which this was from his first it, it's just jordan peterson what is truth and it's just from his first jordan peter or his first joe rogan interview
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and the very beginning of the clip at like the 10 second mark of the clip I'll send it to you guys. He says, "Like telling your truth is the bulwark against hell." Mm-hmm. And I just, like, that's that would almost be the most succinct way I would summarize Jordan Peterson. And I think what Paul Vanderclay's community is doing. We were talking about that a little, Jeff, when you were gone. I, that that Paul has created a space for people to be free to say things that they had no other place to say them. I think. Yeah. Um, And that's what I love about this community. I mean, that's what it is for, I mean, that's just the whole, for, just think about the whole phenomenon. Like pe- This is it's for people that it's a place for people that have nothing to lose. Why would you ever lose something by saying what you really think? Mm-hmm. Why have we created a culture mm-hmm. where, you're going to lose something by, by being honest. That's insane. I don't know. But, Jacob, uh, the, our, our resident yeah. Jew and I were talking about that the other day on the mm-hmm. discord.
3: Well, yeah. And, and I in don't in know. Cultures, you know, you, uh, under penalty of death, you can't talk about what you think, right. In some places in the world.
1: That's the, that's, the most extreme explicit version of it but we just have a like an unspoken societal shaming version of it and ostracizing version of it yeah and i think i mean this is a lot of this is what i get into with all my church stuff and my critique like i think that's what protestantism has done is created a culture where you can't say what you really think based on ideology i don't think that came from the culture apart from protestantism i think it actually came out of the religious spirit of the west but mm. i've said that a lot
0: <laughs> in,
1: in other <laughs> various places. <instances. laughs>
0: yeah uh, yeah i i guess this uh yeah i don't know um uh, if we should continue like I feel I pretty much got to say what I wanted to say so uh, but uh, yeah <laughs> but um, yeah I don't know like um, do you have anything you want to add or
3: I I would just say um, I'm sorry I wasn't able to be here for yeah. of it <laughs> Um, no, no. half of it. However long that was, um, but I look forward to watching it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I think it's a good idea to have like a mediator anyway. Like uh, anyway, if it's gonna be a discussion or or, but it was totally fine today too. I think. Yeah. Uh,
1: We've talked about that a lot. Jeff is. Eh. The, I often tell Jeff that he needs to be my translator or my mediator between me <laughs> and other parties yeah <laughs> so, all right well thanks it was nice to talk to you martin and yeah you know we'll um do you want to you want to check it out before we potentially post it or before jeff uh,
0: i can check it out i guess yeah anything
1: too embarrassing yeah to i
0: can just run through it really fast to see if i said something stupid yeah, I'll send, I'll
3: send you a link to it. You watch it and yeah. gives a, give us the thumbs up or thumbs down yeah. whether or not yeah. you can put it out there.
0: Yeah, just like to be safe. I just can have that. Uh, it's a good practice to have anyway, I think. Yeah, for sure.
1: And you don't have to pay attention if Jeff and I said anything stupid. We move. <laughs> <laughs> we, <probably did. laughs> we usually do.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Okay, but uh, then we are... Oh. I'll see you around. I guess we're so. good. There All right.
2: Have.